Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I am very honored to have my mother-in-law here today, too. I am so thankful you're here, Mom. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Hickey, for pinch-hitting for my wife so she could be with her mother today. Luke chapter 2 You're going to think I'm in the Christmas story, but you'll see in a minute where I'm going. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Just the presence of the angels caused fear. But then the angel spoke. Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Verse 16, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which had been told them concerning this child, and all that heard it wondered at those things which had been told them by the shepherds. But here's the verse. But Mary. Now the shepherds have told the story about their presence and the message that was delivered. And everybody was all excited, and everything was positive. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In other words, she didn't say anything. But she kept everything that was coming at her, and then she pondered over it. Up to this point, it's all been good news. And I want to preach to you for a few minutes today on this subject There's some things only a mother would know. Only a mother would know. God bless you. You may be seated. It hasn't been easy for Mary. For just a little while, put yourself in Mary's position. She's pregnant, she has no husband. And she has this wild story. Well, the angel of the Lord came to me and told me that I was going to be pregnant and and that I was going to have the Savior of the world and that his name was going to be Jesus. I I have not been unfaithful. I uh, I am not doing anything sinful. The angel even said that I have the favor of the Lord upon my life. How many people, if they came to you tomorrow at work and told you such a story, would say, oh, wow, good for you. I'm so happy God has shown such great favor on your life. Would you not be skeptical at a minimum of such a story? When people gathered around you and talked, they looked at you, but they were talking to one another. Wouldn't you just for a little while think that maybe they were talking about you? Maybe they were whispering about your pregnancy. 
and the story that you told to cover it up. It hasn't been easy. And, and how about Joseph? Joseph had kept himself pure. He knew that, that there had been no relationship whatsoever with Mary. Even though they were engaged to be married, he knew that everything was pure. How was it for Mary to have to talk to Joseph? It hasn't been easy for Mary. But only a mother would know. Only a mother would know how to deal with these things. And let's take a look just for a few minutes today since it's Mother's Day. What about pregnancy? What's pregnancy like? Now I know that I've, I'm not qualified personally, but through observation of my wife, I can say some things. And so I'm speaking only from that perspective, obviously. What's pregnancy like? You're a beautiful young woman. You've got a shapely figure. And all of a sudden, your tummy starts sticking out. And you're gaining weight. And you're eating for two. You don't see yourself as attractive as you once were. I'm getting fat. My clothes don't fit. I wake up in the morning thinking I have the flu. Morning sickness. What's it like for a woman to have to go through that when the way that she appears is so important? Because really women are the peacocks of society. Their beauty is very valuable to them. What's it like to be pregnant and to, and to go through this for nine months? It's difficult. Back aches. Now, older guys like me, we can relate just a little bit. Don't be making fun of me now and saying, Pastor Kylie's pregnant, you know. <laughs> but we get a little chubby in the belly here. And it can affect our back, too. There we go. One other guy's honest today. Thank you. For, you know, but we're not as attractive as we once were. We can't do what we once did. And that, that's on such a smaller scale. But it's difficult to go. And what if it's hot and it's humid and you're carrying all this extra weight? It's difficult. Pregnancy is difficult. And then... At the end of nine months in a full-term pregnancy, then there's the pain of birth. I don't know if, if you as a, as a uh, father were there when your children were born, um, but there's a lot of pain, and it's not very pleasant. And people that are not Christians um, have a whole new vocabulary and they make all kinds of promises on the birthing table. I will never do this again. This is the first and this is the last. And you try and calm them and they grab your wrist and say, and you did this to me. And don't you dare say I feel your pain. 
or I know your sorrow. I take it upon myself. That ain't going to work. Just keep your mouth shut and hold their hand and smile and be positive. It's difficult. Bill Cosby, I remember when he said this. He said it was told to him, what's it like to have a baby? And the woman said to Bill Cosby, she said, take your bottom lip and pull it over the top of your head. That will help you to understand the pain that a woman goes through when she's having a baby. Tremendous amount of pain. And then, after the birthing and, and, and some recovery time, now the work really begins. I mean, they were in the womb. Now, as they grow older, they're all over the place. And you gotta keep up with them. And they're gonna let you know when they're not happy. Can I get an amen? amen. And, you, and since they can't speak your language or you can't speak theirs at that time, you're gonna have to figure out what it is that they want that causes them to be so unhappy. Now, fathers play a really uh, a minor role in this area. Very minor. I noticed a tremendous change in my wife when we had our first child. Her hearing was that of a deer. You know, if any of you have ever gone deer hunting, deer, it's amazing what they can hear. And it's amazing what women can hear when they have a baby. I can remember lots of times. I get the elbow. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear nothing. What are you, deaf? The baby's crying. Help me out here. Well, I'm sorry, honey. I, I didn't hear. And they have, they have one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's the gift of discernment. I heard the baby cry, diaper. What is that? How do you know the baby is in another room? Oh, I heard the baby cry. Well, what is it this time? Time to feed the baby. Well, why is the baby crying now? Baby needs to be held. Baby needs to be rocked. Back and forth, back and forth. I, I, I had, I'll tell you, I think women are tougher than men. I do. They, they can handle pain. My wife can handle pain better than I can. I got to admit it. I'm a baby. I go to the dentist. How many of you have gone to the dentist office recently? What's the first thing that, the, that the, the assistant says to you? Do you have any allergies? And I say it every time I go in there. I have one allergy. What is it? Pain. I am allergic to pain, so don't give me any pain. They've been through this pregnancy. They sleep a few hours at a time. I would be a maniac if I was up every two hours. But they, they do it, and they discern all these things and because that's, there are some things that only a mother would know. They know. 
They can, they can actually tell by the cry. Now, they will lose their hearing once the children are raised. I'll be talking to my wife and she'll say, what? What? We're right here next to each other. What do you mean, what? Well, I didn't hear you. You heard that whimper in the... Yeah, that was years ago, honey. You know, the, the kids are raised now. You know, it changes, by the way. It will change. Men will pay. I hear everything now. I didn't hear anything before. I hear, I have to sleep with a fan at night. And my wife says, why do you have that fan on? Well, because I hear the road traffic on Highway 18. She says, just tune it out. I can't tune it out. I mean, how do you tune out what you hear? So the roles begin to reverse just a little bit, okay? There, there are some changes that take place. But God made mothers that way. And I don't know how they do it. And there, there should be a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for people that did so much for us. A few, only a few hours at a time did they ever get rest. I don't know how they did it, but, but they did. And then take a look at this. This is uh, Titus chapter 2. This speaks of mothers here. Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, the aged women likewise, and it gives instruction, that they would be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. That's what the aged women are supposed to do. And it goes on, and it says, and while they do all this, they are also to be discreet, chaste, that means not flashy or flamboyant or drawing attention to yourself. And notice this, keepers at home. Good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God will not be blasphemed. And so now we have this little baby coming into this couple's home. The roles have already been identified as husband and wife. We each have responsibilities, even in the home. And now we have this baby, and yet the Bible indicates that the mother is still the keeper of the home. She still feels like she should cook meals, set the table, do the dishes, because there are no other children to do them. And, and what happens to the husband with the first child? He becomes jealous. He becomes jealous of the baby because the baby is now getting so much attention and he's getting so much less. And he can get selfish and feel sorry for himself. Really, what he needs to do, I had, it took me a while to learn it, you need to pitch in and do more. Maybe you should cook a meal once in a while. Maybe you should do the dishes. 
not getting too many men there. I thought that I'd at least get a few women to back me up on this, you know. But help me out here. I'm trying to help you. Wouldn't hurt us to do a little bit of extra because they're doing so much. And they feel this responsibility. And yet they remain the keepers of the home. And then through this baby infancy, this, this stage that goes on in their life, we know that we're preparing for adolescence. Proverbs chapter 22 talks about training up a child in the way that they should go and that when they are old, they will not depart from it. How many of you know that verse of scripture? Let me share this with you. Let me share it with you. I don't know what old is. I used to think, you know, they get to be 18, 19 years old, they're, all of a sudden the light's gonna go on and all this independency's gonna come on them and this maturity level is going to just, and they're gonna see it and they don't. But the training that takes place in adolescence is absolutely vital and will be rewarded. The teaching of morals, of values, of Christianity in the home, of patriotism, of respect for authority, these things need to be ingrained in our children at an early, early age. Early age. I, I just remember it recently. Oh, I wish I could remember who, who said it. But they said that when the child was born, they said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They started giving scripture to their children even as they're carrying them for the first time. Training them and giving them instruction. That's what's lacking in our society today. We think that, well, you know what, they're kids and they're free moral agents and they should be able to pick and choose and if they don't want to believe in God or they don't believe in the same things I believe in, that's their choice. Wrong. That's wrong. You have a responsibility as a father and a mother to train up your children in the way that they should go. It's our responsibility. We have to... The church is a support group. You are the family unit. This nation is built upon its families. Marriage is the first institution in the Bible between one man and one woman, and then it is expected under normal circumstances that there will be children and that the sanctity of marriage and the values of Christianity will be instilled in the children. That's what's expected from God. But the world is trying to destroy the sanctity of marriage and the family unit and saying we need to redefine it. And they are incorrect. It has already been defined. We already have the guidelines in place. It is now our responsibility I'm going to go out here on a limb, not, not because I'm playing to the crowd. I'm not playing to the crowd, but I'm going to say this. If homosexuality is truly practiced in its truest form, 
It will not live beyond one generation. You do not have the ability to reproduce. God already took care of that. So you will have no children. That's it. It's over. When you're done, it's it. You weren't born that way. You can't claim that either. Well, I was born this way. No, you weren't. You learned this behavior. You chose this behavior. Now you justify this behavior. But from the beginning, it was not so. One man, one woman, first institution, marriage, and the family. The family unit. And the Bible is our primary textbook. It is taught before we ever go to any school because it is in the home and ingrained in our children. We gotta get this, folks, or our nation is on its way out. And we will be replaced by another people. History tells us that. We better stick with what we believe. We better make sure that the Bible is the primary textbook. We better be led of the Spirit of God. We better practice our morals, our values, our Christianity, and our patriotism, or we will lose them. And above all else, we must maintain a respect for authority. I know of no higher authority than the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. We better put this Bible, not only on our tables, but in our hearts. Our children need this. And when I've, I've come all the way around the bush, and I'm right back where I started from, and when they are old, because once we get it into them in adolescence, then we have to face the teenage years. Oh my. Here comes the really, really rough part. Teenage years. How many of you remember being a teenager? I regret some of the things that, well, probably most of the things that I said as a teenager. And probably you do too. But it's a tough time. And let me tell you what, I'll make a comparison here. I think teenage years are to parents the thorns before the roses. You're going to get a lot of owies. They're going to say things that they say because they're immature. They, they don't know if they're children and they want to be adults. They want the privileges of adults and the responsibilities of a child. It's a very, very, very difficult time. It's difficult for them and it's going to be difficult for you. Just got to tell you. And you're going to feel like you're getting pricked all the time by these little thorns. But the thorns appear before the roses. You're going to think about that for a while. The thorns appear before the roses. And when they're old, what are, what are the roses? Let's, let's get to some good stuff. What are some of the roses that, that we're supposed to be talking about? Well, the roses are seeing your child graduate from school. Isn't that a rose? 
Do you remember a high school graduation? Some of you have been to a college graduation. That's a rose. That's my son. Look at that. Graduated from high school. Graduated from college. Served in the military. It's my son. It's my daughter over here. She's a nurse. She went to school and graduated from nursing school. That's a rose. You brag about them. You keep pictures in your wallet. You drag them out. You share them with other people. These, these are my children, my roses. You don't talk about the thorns. Yeah, I remember when she, you know, my, oh, that kid, I could have. <laughs> Bill Cosby said, I brought you into this world, boy. I could take you out, make another one just like you. I needed to make you laugh because you were getting too serious there. But we got roses. And then, they, and then they move out. They get their own place. That's a rose. They have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, depending on which sex they are. We already talked about that. And they get married. And that's a rose. Isn't that great? And we come and we boo-hoo when they get married. I'm so glad you're out. This is now your problem, buddy. Then you get the call. The baby's here. Praise God, there's another rose. Grandchildren. Quite honestly, we spoil the grandchildren. Don't we? We do. Those are roses. That's a great joy. And and those things are things that we have to look forward to. And prodigals do come home. That's what I meant when I said, and when they're old. But I don't know what the age is. Because it's different for different children and different adults. I know people in their 40s that act like children. I don't know how old old is, but I know that what God says will come to pass. And if he says when they're old, they won't depart, then I believe that because of what's been put in them, when they get in the hog pen, they're gonna realize what it was like back home on a Sunday morning when worship was going on, when the truth was being preached, when people were loving on one another, praying for one another, encouraging one another, when they called one another brothers and sisters in Christ, when people pitched in and worked together and helped one another, they're gonna remember all that stuff. And they're gonna say, I'm a whole lot better off there than where I am now. And they're coming home. And they'll be home. They'll be home. But I want to give you one more thought today before I wrap this up. I know I've, I've talked a lot about mothers, but do you know that as the church of Jesus Christ, we are meant to be, whether we're male or female, we are meant to be mothers. The word of God has impregnated our lives. 
we have the ability to reproduce. The seed is in us. And the seed that is in us is meant to be put into other people's lives. And when we begin to say, hey, I want to tell you about my groom. I want to tell you about my father. I want to tell you about my savior. I want to tell you about my family. We call that witnessing. I want to share the gospel with you. What are we doing? We're impregnating people's lives. Some of them put their hands up and say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay. Well, okay. But the word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which pleases him. The word is the seed. And we need to plant it on every kind of soil that we can. We can't judge the soil. And we got plenty of seed. So we need to take the seed and put it in the soil. And when we do that, and, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's not easy being a mother. It's not easy being an earthly mother, and it's not easy being a spiritual mother. Can I get an amen? amen. I, I, I need you to get this point. I know that in an earthly sense, there's an age where it's not safe to have children anymore. But spiritually, for all of our lives, we should be reproducing ourselves. And the longer you've been in the church and the more of the word of God that you have heard and received and is now a part of your life, the more children you're able to bear. We call these things home Bible studies where we take the word of God and we, we throw the seed into the soil we pray before and after and throughout the week because they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. We water the seed. We dig around the seed. We work with people. We give up of our time and take from our schedule to minister to other people in the hopes that they will be born again of the water and of the spirit, that they will become new creatures or new creations in Christ. And that responsibility comes from the groom through the bride, the mother of us all. Because somebody did exactly to you what I have just described in the last three minutes. They took their testimony. They took the word of God. They took their time. They bought you a Bible. You remember the last time you ever bought somebody a Bible? They took you out to lunch. They had you in your, in, in your home. Brother Larson loves to tell his story about the people that invited him over for dinner and, and shared their testimony and witnessed to him and how they stayed up all night long. That's what the church is supposed to be. That's what the church is supposed to do. It's supposed to mother, not smother, not beat people with the word of God, but speak the truth with love. 
and put it in, I don't want to do that, Brother Kylie, because, oh no, they're going to call me at night. They're going to want me to rock them. They're going to want me to change their diaper. They made a mess, and now they want me to fix it. I don't want to do that. I'm too old for this. You're not too old for this. This is why you're here. And that's why they're there. Because they need spiritual parenting. And they need a spiritual family. They need to know there's a safe place. They need to know there's a place where the truth is going to be preached. And the truth will set them free. But we have to be willing to make some sacrifices for the wee little ones. We have to be willing to mother the children that God gives us. And I can share this with you, and I'm not, I'm not please don't read anything negative into what I'm saying, okay? I'm not being negative at all, I'm positive. The greatest joy I have is teaching a home Bible study and seeing the light go on. I get it. I see it. I'm ready. Where's the baptismal tank? Where's the altar? Would you pray with me? Is that more important to you than a new dress? Or a new suit? To see that God could use you to reproduce himself in others? That's what a bride does. Let's stand together. What's your greatest joy? Third John, verse four. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Wow, that sums up my message. That's why I can quit here today. This sums up my message. The greatest joy that you can ever have as a couple is to have children. But let's be honest, for whatever reason, there are some couples that can't have children. Can I say this to you? How about adoption? How about spiritual births? How about reproducing your experience in somebody else's life? You're every bit as much a mother as people that have earthly children when you have heavenly children. And the greatest joy you will ever know is to see them sitting next to you on a Sunday morning, worshiping God right alongside you. Oh, I remember when I taught them a home Bible study. I remember praying with them at the altar. What a joy that will be when you bring your sheaves with you into heaven.
the roses that allow us to continue to work among the thorns. There are 10 commandments, folks. You know what the fifth one is? Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment that ever gave you a promise. What's the promise? That it will go well with thee and that you'll have long life. What's so good about that? You'll get to see your children and your grandchildren and maybe even your great-grandchildren. Happy Mother's Day, church. Let's never lose sight of why we're here. We're here. We're here to be a mother to God's children. Jesus, thank you for making us one of your children and later making us mothers to other children. Thank you for the earthly mothers that we have, and we honor them this day for all the sacrifices. That Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.